Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! Hurry up, Dad. It's going to be a short game and i got to get home for lunch. I thought Doc was as ugly as you. I'd shave his butt. You tell him to walk backwards. Is that your sister out there in left field? Naked? She's naked? You think she'd go out with me? your visit to the mound intro which we like so much we're basically just going to play it every time we have a baseball conversation just about how much we like it one more hour to go wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnc i'm excited to bring on brandon Gordon on the body works plus guest hotline if you don't know he is the new atlanta braves play-by-play announcer on bally sports south Excited to have you on, Brandon. We really appreciate you joining us here on the Wesson Walker Show. Now, I was going through your uh, through your thread on your Twitter account, and it seems like this is the exact dream job for you, right? Like, and I feel like just people being in the business who grow up watching a certain team, then to be able to call games for that said team. How did this all come together, and how special is this for you? Yeah, well, first, I appreciate you guys having me on. And, you know, in our business with what we get to do, we're, we're very fortunate, right? And I think we all throw the term dream job around and sometimes loosely because really all of these jobs to some degree are dream jobs. But this this really is the one that I had my eye on since I was, you know, I, I didn't at that point in time really know what a job was. But at age seven, eight, when I, the first sporting event I ever attended, even though I grew up in Indiana, was game five of the 91 World Series in Atlanta with the Braves beating the Twins 14-5. to And I remember walking into old Fulton County Stadium that night. I remember having my foam tomahawk in hand. I remember Mark Lemke's triple down the right field line to open the game up in the seventh inning. And from that moment on, I went home and became a Braves fan. And of course, that's, you know, in the 90s, they were on the Superstation every night. And I started watching every single game and found myself trying to mimic then play-by-play announcer Skip Carey in my family living room and would play the games after school, the full Brave schedule. And so it's kind of surreal now. You fast forward three decades later to be living in Atlanta and having this opportunity. It almost seems too good to be true. Yeah, follow Brandon on Twitter, by the way. There is an excellent brief summary on why the Braves' opportunity is so special to Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Gaudin, G-A-U-D-I-N is how you spell the last name. Brandon, I want to hear what your reaction was to there actually being an opportunity, and I want to hear what your family's reaction was once you told them the news. Well, it was all strange because I just thought, you know, I mentioned Skip Carey. Of course, his son Chip Carey was the play-by-play voice the last 15 years. And I just assumed Chip would retire here like Skip did, you know, as a legacy. And I just never thought the job would open. But then, you know, word came three weeks ago that he was going to take the St. Louis Cardinals job. And I, as soon as that job popped open, the brave spot that Chip had left and that news had broke, my phone started to light up because everyone that knows me within my family and back home and knows me from growing up, they knew that the Braves were my team and that this is the job that I had always hoped to get one day. So I put wheels into motion, reached out. Thankfully, there was, there was obviously mutual interest, uh, but it, it really all happened within about a five or six day window from 
him leaving, then this position formally becoming open, me going and meeting with everybody up at Truist Park. And then they called me, uh, gosh, 24 hours after I met with them and gave me the informal offer. And then we worked through a few things and, and got everything done. Uh, and, and look, when I called my, when I got the call from, I got it from Bally's, not from the Braves, but when they called to make that informal offer, I was, I was speechless. You know, I was the opposite of what I'm going to need to be on opening day. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say, and, and I think my family, it was, you know, my parents were in tears, uh, and I think it was just a, a really special moment for all of us. Brandon, West Bryan here, and getting to the Braves on the diamond, and they've had five division titles in five years. They've won a World Series in 2021. They've won 58% of their regular season games in that time span. Do you see more of the same from this team this year, and can this team get over the hump and get another World Series championship? Well, there's no question that they can, and, and if not, these favorite they'll be right near and the top three is the favorite to win it all this year there's what what they've been able to build is similar to what we remember seeing in the 90s where they have this bevy of talent and not only do they have the talent but they've got a lot of it locked up for a really long time general manager alex anthopoulos has done really a pretty marvelous almost a job that you have to fascinate at uh, with what he's been able to do here with how he's kind of built this team and locked up a lot of these guys long term. So it, it's an exciting time. They're really, I, I, you look at the team and there really are no weaknesses. There are a couple question marks. Shortstop's a question mark. Left field's a question mark. The fifth spot in the rotation. But if you look at it in totality, this is a team that, that is every bit has the makings of able to win another World Series and get a sixth consecutive NL East title. So it's a, a very exciting time, no doubt, to step into the role that I have. Ronald Acuna Jr. is a guy that's had a tough time staying out there, contributing to this team only one season where he's played more than 150 games, and he's had a lot of injuries last year, only playing 119 games. What have you heard or seen from him this year, and how much will he be able to help if he's able to stay healthy? Yeah, straight from his mouth of what they've been, what he's been saying here to start out the first couple of days of spring is that he feels like he's back to his pre-ACL injury self. Last year there were glimpses, but his sprint speed was down a little bit, and at times the knee would get sore, and he said he feels like he is back to 100% himself. He's got that little pop in his step and that, that million-dollar smile and just seems to be happy to be out there, so... Look, I think there's a lot of optimism. Everyone's curious to see how that starts to translate on the field as games begin this weekend. So we'll see. But but the early returns and the early reports and everything that he has been saying to the media has all been positive. It's Brandon Godden, the new Atlanta Braves voice, joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You know, Brandon, not to beat this horse to death, right? But you're 39 years old. And when you think about legendary play-by-play announcers for baseball teams, those guys can call games for that said team for 40 years. And you just got the job. I'm not trying to psych you out now. But what I'm just <laughs> trying to get in on, on board with is, man, when you look back or when you look into the future, I should say, you know, does that give you goosebumps to think this could be the last job that I ever get as far as calling for a certain team and it is the one that you grew up watching? Just how much do you find yourself thinking about that aspect? Yeah, for sure. And we talked about that in the interview. And, you know, to, the, to be honest, the Braves, 
while they were familiar with my work, they didn't know that I was based in Atlanta because everything that I do is getting on an airplane at Hartsfield-Jackson and flying out of Atlanta. But when I, I took the job as Georgia Tech's radio voice back in 2013, and that's what moved me to Atlanta, and I did that for three seasons. But when I left that job and got into network television, I decided to stay here because I just liked it so much. And, and obviously, growing up a Braves fan and having an aunt and uncle and cousins here helped. Uh, so then you fast forward, and my point in saying that is I put some roots down. And now the thought of this becoming my main gig, the epicenter of everything that I'm doing, uh, that, that helps me create even more roots here. And, yeah, you're right. These are jobs that a lot of guys just get into and stay and stay and stay. And that's what I meant. You know, Skip was in it forever. I thought Chip would be here forever. He's still doing the same role just for a different team. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely, that was at the top of my mind and something that was discussed during the interview, no question. So now it's it's not your main gig, but I have to wonder if it's still going to be your side gig. For people that don't know, Brandon is also the play-by-play voice for Madden, and he has been since 2017. We've actually been talking about the Madden video game for quite some time today, Brandon. Is that something you still plan to do, and how much have you enjoyed that gig? Yeah, it's it's been interesting, and, and I and interesting in a good way. And why I say it like that is people always come up and ask. So is that just like doing a game? Is it like? And, and I tell them it is totally different. It, it has been a, a real eye-opening experience. You are a voice actor when you're doing the Madden game. You are handed a script. You are reading lines. You do have freedom to vary it a little bit, but by and large, you're staying within the confines of what the writer needs you to say so that the lines make sense when you say them, when they fire at a specific time in the game. So it, it, you're, you're in a studio. It's like you're, I definitely can't sing, but it's like you're a music artist <laughs> and you've got a, you're on the other side of the glass. There's a producer and a director and an engineer, and they're making sure that you're saying all the lines correctly. And you're on the other side of the glass. Obviously when I'm, you know, when I go up to Truist and I call a Braves game, it's totally different. You're, you're prepping, you're telling stories, you're reacting, you're reacting to what you see on the field. Uh, so it's a very different skill set. but I have loved doing the Madden game for many reasons. First and foremost, it's a wonderful team to work for. And for people that don't play it, they probably, even the ones that do play it probably don't realize there's 250 people that work year round on putting that video game together. Uh, but the guy that I get to work with, Charles Davis is the CBS NFL analyst has become my biggest mentor, my biggest ally, one of my greatest friends. And and I've been able to kind of do life with him throughout this process. He and his family have become my family. Um, So so that's been special. You asked, are we going to keep doing it? We are right now discussing the future and what that's going to look like. And Madden wants to do a few new things with the game. And so we're working through all of that right now. But we're still doing recording sessions. Uh, when, when COVID hit, they changed from doing our sessions in person in Orlando, where the studio is based, and they put a little uh, makeshift studio in my house and one in Charles's house. Uh, so now they have more access, and I can wake up at 7.30 and be ready to record by 7.45 or 8, uh, and we've still been doing that. So it's been a fun ride, and, and we'll see where it goes from here. Uh, Brandon, longtime Madden fan, and I always wonder when I hear those things, what was the process like to get a job like that? And then what is your process like as far as, you know, what you have to do to go in there each season and how long do they take and, you know, how much stuff do you have to say? Yeah, when I first got the job back in the 2017 season, I was just leaving Georgia Tech. 
And before Charles and I did it, it was Jim Nance and Phil Sims for the previous five years. And so when they reached out to me, they sent me a message via LinkedIn, which I thought I was kind of being punked or it was spam because I was thinking, why would they reach out to me, first of all, and why would they do it via LinkedIn? Uh, but once I found out it was real, they mentioned that they were moving on from Jim Nance and Phil Sims, and I was one of the play-by-play announcers that they were interested in having coming down to Orlando to audition. Now, I didn't think much of it because I knew the names that had been on in the play-by-play chair prior to me, and I thought they're going to need to make another splash higher, and I was not going to be that. But, of course, I said, absolutely, I'd love to go down and audition. So I did, and I felt like it went really well, but I just I, I kind of kept my level head about me thinking, yeah, but they'll probably go with somebody with a more established name. But lo and behold, a month later, they called, and, and they said, you know, you're what we're looking for, and we'd like to bring you on. And I said, yes, I will gladly do it. That was the quickest yes outside of the Braves job that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and uh, the recording process is – we used to do a lot more when we were starting to build up inventory of having our voices on the game. We would be down in studio every Monday, Tuesday for four hours. We would go from 10 to 2 with about a 30-minute lunch break in the middle. And so it would be about eight hours a week. And we would do that those first few years for 35 to 40 weeks out of the year. So it was – it was a pretty, I say intense, it's not like you're digging ditches, but relative to the business, it was a pretty intense process. Now we've been able to scale that back just because they have so many hours of our voices on tape, uh, but we still do regular recording sessions. We just do them from home, as I mentioned earlier. Is that like the ultimate flex for your for people that are the closest to you? Do they say, hey, my man Brandon is the the play-by-play for the Braves, or do they say, hey, my man is the voice of Madden? <laughs> I think it depends who you ask. If it's my nephew, it's Madden. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, it's funny, though. I the thing, Our faces are not in the game, and no one really knows Charles and I when we are out in public. Well, they would know Charles much more than me. So it's not like a situation where you get stopped in public. The only – the only time really that people put two and two together is when I'm in an Uber. I found out that a lot of Uber drivers play Madden because they'll <laughs> see my na- they'll see my name after picking me up, and if we have a conversation and they've heard my voice long enough, sometimes they'll say, "Wait, are you are you the guy that does Madden?" Um, but outside of that, there's really no street cred other than my nephew being happy that he can tell his 10-year-old buddies at school that, that he his uncle is the one on the video game they're playing. No, I bet that changes now. Does he get a free copy? Oh, yeah, yeah. They they give me all these free copies, and it's very nice of them, but I'm like, I don't have this many friends that play the game. Well, so, keep us in uh, mind. So, so, <laughs> so what happens is uh, my my nephew gets a lot of those to distribute to his buddy. <laughs> so, so Wes is pining for the Madden video game right now. That is what the end of this interview turned into. But honestly, <laughs> if you're going to hand them out, that's fine. We got three people in the studio. Just if you have us in your thought when you're calling those Madden games. That's Brandon Godden. Imagine getting a lot more street cred here. New Braves play-by-play announcer on Bally Sports South. A dream job for Brandon, as you can check out his brief summary as to why that is on his Twitter handle, Brandon Godden. Awesome stuff, Brandon. Congratulations. Really excited for you, man. And thanks for sharing that story with us. Thanks, Brandon. 
Yeah, really, really appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. Hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Would love to do it. Brave season. Not too far away. I believe only four, no, just under 40 days away now from opening day, I believe, for the Atlanta Brave season. And that's crazy. I'm just telling you all, like, that's, I got sentimental. I did the whole feelings interview thing there. Like, if you think about being a sports fan and then watching your favorite team and then being the guy, it is very Sandlot-esque, right? It is absolutely the dude that only grew up watching the Dodgers, then become the play-by-play announcer at the very end of that movie. It seems like that's what Brandon Gauden got to live. So very cool there. We'll put that interview on our website, WFNZ.com. A couple more segments to go on Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. We're back. The Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Send us some text in. Still got some topics out there. We're still reading text up until the end of the show. Garage Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Hit that follow button on Twitter, Wes and Walker. And we're going to go back into the PFF Top 100 that right now is simply a Top 75 that tomorrow will be completed when they release the rest of their 25. Now, for those who don't know, earlier we talked about Derek Brown coming in at number 46, J.C. Horn at number 101. Did we feel like Derek Brown was too high, too low, or just right? He came in a little higher than I thought he would. Well, and look, if, if you are going by their measurement, if you're going by what they deem important and valuable, then it makes all the sense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you're talking about interior defensive line grades, Derek Brown was one of the better defensive linemen out there this year. And what's what's really interesting to me about Derek Brown is the fact that the passing, uh, the the pass rushing came along for him. This is the problem with drafting Derek Brown, and it's why I wanted Isaiah Simmons in that draft. Mm-hmm. Like I that that's who I pined for. That's what I wanted, and eventually he was drafted by Arizona. Derek Brown is someone that Carolina chose and it, it took a couple of years for him to get going, but boy, did he this season. So I didn't have any problem with the ranking, but you thought it was a little too high. Uh, no, I didn't say I thought it was a little too high. I was just surprised, surprised that he came it? in that high uh, of him. They said one of a number of young interior linemen to bring their game to a new level in 2022. Brown was on a tear this year, setting new career highs for pressures in which he had 40. That's impressive. And defensive stops, 31. Additionally, he produced by far the best PFF grade of his young career. So that's what they said of Brown. Um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say I think it's too high. I just thought that he would maybe be like in a 60, 70, somewhere like that. But for him to be uh, in the top 50, uh, that bodes pretty well for the year that he had. Do you think Derek Brown is the most interesting question surrounding Ajero Averro coming aboard? Yes. Because this is someone that clearly, based off of last year, mm-hmm. had a good season. 
I don't know how many people believe he can do it again. I do. I believe in Derek Brown. I believe that this is here to stay. I mean, maybe not at this level every year, right? Like you have plenty of good players in the NFL that, you know, ebb and flow, just whatever kind of career you might have. But I do think that Derek Brown, more often than not, it's going to be considered a good idea to bring him back. But you think he's probably the biggest question for Rivera. Yeah, because I think that when you have big men, we've seen in the history of the game, and we just know just big men are always the most dominant, the strongest, some of the best athletes, et cetera. So the work ethic isn't necessarily as much as it would be for smaller guys. But, um, and we've seen a lot of times, I mean, this was a guy that heading into the season, we were questioning if he was a bust or not. Mm -hmm. And so now in a contract year, he comes through and has his best season. As they say in the dating world, that's a little bit of a red flag because we've got more seasons of not good football than we have of really good football. And so it's like once he gets the bag, is he going to go back to what he was? Is he going to get content? Is he not going to, uh, you know, play with that same type of hunger and ferocity once that belly gets full? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the thing about that, too, is if you look at Derrick Brown, you don't have to pay him going into next year. He's going to be set to make $7 million. Like you're saying going into this year being his contract year, because this is going to be that season. And then we'll see if it's, you know, two straight years of high level production yeah. at that point. I mean, what choice do you have? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a Carolina, if you're, if you're the front office here and you decide to let that guy out of the building after being a first round pick, so you've already invested quite a bit in him using a first round pick in him, And then he produces for you two seasons and then he's gone. I mean, for me, I just don't know if that's something that you can do, allow him to walk and go to a different franchise, even if it costs a lot of money. Yeah, and so, and the thing I beg the question about, too, like I said, even though it's multi-front, the base front of Evero's defense is a 34 to me, in which he will have to go to a five technique. And so that'll be interesting to see how he adjusted that, because at Auburn, he was a 4-3-3 technique, and I think that is his natural position. And so I wonder if he would even be happy to be doing that uh, once they get into the new defense as well. So that could be another thing because you could see the numbers dip and then people who may not necessarily understand will say, oh, well, he fell off. And, you know, you know how teams like to get dirty. I mean, they can say, hey, your numbers weren't what they were last year. <laughs> I'll say even if you're playing in a different defense. So now uh, we didn't get to the main event of this, mm -hmm. which is one J.C. Horn who came in at number one hundred and one. Oh no, you scared me now that you called this the main event. Yeah. I mean you build it up earlier, so I figured I'd add a little bit more gas to it. But <laughs> uh they said of Horn, Horn has now allowed just three hundred and eighteen yards in his NFL career. He gave up a fifty two point six passer rating this past season and did not let up a touchdown catch across forty seven targets into his coverage. So uh how did you feel about that grade? Too high, too low, what? I, I thought he could have been higher, but I'm fine with him being put in here in the top 101 list. I wonder just how much of this is availability because the guy's missed 20 games over his first two seasons. He's played pretty much the equivalent of one full season in the NFL so far. So when you compare him to other young cornerbacks, even a Tariq Woolen, who had a very good rookie season with Seattle, they've played the same amount of games. Now, I, I'm one... That never really subscribes to the idea of, okay, now JC's rookie year was really this season, right? To have two off seasons in an NFL uniform, I think that matters. And so I don't know if I would call you an outright rookie, despite missing so much of your season, your first year in the league. 
but still not a whole lot of snaps under his belt. And even this season, he missed games, right? It's not just what you had his rookie year with the Carolina Panthers. So I wonder how much of it is at the availability and the Detroit Lions game. That's one that in that deflated or inflated, depending on how much you look at it. That was his worst game. And I think that really hurt some of the monikers there where he was outright leading the league and passer rating among cornerbacks and the worst ones given up where now I believe he's second behind Patrick Sertan of the Denver Broncos. So JC dropped after that Detroit Lion game where I think he allowed like 90 yards, something like that. So yeah, it was a, it was a bad game to end on and we'll see if he's able to pick up something where he can learn from going into his third season. And the big question for me, as we talked about earlier, Wes, can he stay healthy? If he can, that's huge. If not, then Carolina's got a big old problem at cornerback. Yeah, I think that uh, it was about right. He can make his way up, especially playing in this defense next year. He has a chance to play for a really good coordinator. Uh, he was 20th in coverage grade. So I think that there's, you know, still some room for growth there. And as I say, you know, just getting to the point to where even when he's playing the top cornerbacks and top receivers, they're still not looking his way. And I think that's a little bit of the edge that a guy like Sertan has when you look at his numbers against Kansas City, where he was only targeted three times by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think that shows a great deal of respect uh, for him when a guy like Mahomes decides to kind of chill on throwing your way. So the rest of the 25, though, will come out tomorrow. Brian Burns was not in the 75. So you got to think that he's going to be in the 25. Where do we expect Brian Burns to rank uh, in this 25 if he is indeed in it? This one's hard for me Mm -hmm. because... Brian Burns is someone that the Carolina Panthers turned down two first round picks and a second round pick for. So clearly Brian Burns is a part of the long-term future. Is he a top 25 player in the league? I I would have guessed that he would have shown up by now. According to pro football focus. Again, if you go by their measurements, then Brian Burns was not one of the best defenders this year. He was not one of the better edge rushers, defensive ends. However, you want to label the position. He was not one of the top five, top 10. And how many of those positions are you going to get in the top 25 overall players? According to PFF Wes, I think he does. He's just too talented to be left off entirely the top 101 players in this uh, in this league but it's weird like it's such a big uh, variance you're either saying he's a top 25 player or pro football focus has left him off the top 100 list completely i mean huge variance here i'll say he shows up very early but i don't feel great about it so what range would you put in because i'm thinking like 20 to 25 that's what i was going to say as well i think he'll be 20 to 25 but a young man uh at his age young guy We know he was on the 25 and under list, 6'5", 250. You know the stats, 17 TFLs, 12 and a half sacks. So I expect him to be in the 20 to 25 range. I'm going to ask a question, and I don't know if you were wondering this either, but do you have any clue why Rocky theme music is playing in the background? I don't have a clue. I I thought we were talking about the Eagles, or Brian Burns had been traded to the Eagles or something. Fiddy, do you want to explain to us why Rocky is going on in the background? Well, we got to West said it is the main event, so I thought we were going to get J.C. Horning or J.C. Horn hating Wes. So I had the music in case y'all were going to go to blows and then y'all just completely <laughs> underwhelmed. This is like a Floyd Mayweather fight. <laughs> I just don't know why you went with Rocky, just because that is the one where you thought there was going to be a showdown in the ring. Yeah. What other fight music is there, Walker? Oh, I don't know. Oh, there's a lot of fight songs. Man. 
like two thousands crunk music. <laughs> yes, I want Finney to go to the crunk music folder in the archives <laughs> of WFNZ. Yeah, no, man. I mean, you know, we we express our points. There's no need to get into a, a knockdown drag out about this. It is what oh, it is. They have it. them. What they have them. I that's know what radio is about. Yeah. <laughs> is about attacking each other publicly and with vulgar and vulgarity. Yeah. Not too vulgar. We're gonna get an FCC violation. Right. I got a dumb button. Oh, there. You, well, yes. I, I would not. I would not encourage that. A uh, 704 number did write in. Brian Burns takes plays off, and his average. Uh, and his average Reddick. I don't know why this person wrote this the way he did, but should have been signed instead of. Uh, and and Burns should have been traded. So, uh-huh. yeah, I think the text message really is saying sign Hassan Reddick, trade Burns for what you could have gotten from him. In exchange for the Rams, do you agree with that philosophy? No, Would that have been better? No. You're, you're still are, keeping Brian. People Burns. are just sitting there looking at what he did for Philadelphia, surrounded by defense with three other guys who had double-digit sacks in that scheme, where guys were getting one-on-ones because of the talent of those around him. What I'll say too, I don't think Brian Burns takes plays off. In fact, I think the criticism around Brian Burns is the fact that it's the complete opposite. How many motor sacks do we see from Brian where it's held against him because he doesn't win in one-on-one? Right. Like there's so many times where a quarterback will hold on to the football and then Brian Burns will basically just because the QB is holding on to the football long. Yeah. yeah, right. Like I feel like that's been a point of criticism for him. Uh, we've definitely talked about that being a point of criticism. Well, and then some of the free runs he gets because yeah. of busted protections. I feel like it's the exact opposite is my point. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that the, the fact that he gets sacks without winning one on one immediately getting after the quarterback within like what, two and a half seconds. I feel like that's kind of been held against him and his prowess as a top pass rusher. Yeah, I think, like I've said over and over again, that's the thing that's going to take him to the next level where he is just a constant in a pass rush where quarterbacks feel him when they come into the games. I think there are a couple of times of games uh, where that happens, but not like the Bosa's and some of the elite guys, but play after play, you have to dedicate two guys, and even yet and still, they're still getting back there uh, causing problems for him. So we'll say uh, – you know, really quick before we get to the Fitty Flash with Evero having a, a pass rusher, interior defensive lineman, and cornerback already here on this defense. How easy will it be for him to take this defense to the next level, or will he have a lot of work to do? Look, you have a building block at every single position group on defense, and I think that matters a lot. But here's the problem. When you talk about cornerback, we just went over the numbers when we went over the defensive backs. They were all Awful outside of J.C. Horn. They were not very good this season. And the safety position, the safeties weren't very good. I think Jeremy Chin can at least be average this season. I'm hoping that Jeremy can tap into what he was his rookie season. Linebacker position, you have Frankie Louvu as well, right? So Mm -hmm. you're talking about Derek Brown, Brian Burns. Frankie Louvu is going to be that guy in the middle of the defense, even if you lose a Shaq Thompson. Yeah, you've got enough pieces to work with, right? Like, there's enough for it not to be an excuse if it doesn't work out. Yeah, I don't know that they put Louvu at a mic in the 3-4. I don't think that. Yeah, they could have him as an edge rusher, for sure. Or or just, that that could actually be, as we had the big debate earlier, like, I could see Louvu... Really being the prime example yeah, that of being would be a split his, guy. That would be his position. I don't, I don't see his game being dealing with linemen play in, play out, and making plays on the run on a consistent basis at his size. Are you worried about the run defense possibly yeah. next year because Shaq Thompson and Frankie were both very good against the run if you lose Shaq because of cap concerns? But Louvu was like, he's a physical player, but he's like a slasher. Like he gets in there and he'll go around blockers or, or 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 slide through gaps and stuff like that. But if you're a Mike back in a 3-4, you got to be a man because you're going to have 
a lot of face-to-face contact with guards mm-hmm. uh, and centers in that defense. And you got to be ready to blow guys up and get through contact. So um, we'll see. But I think he will be better suited with his game to be uh, on the outside. All right, Fitty Flashes for the last time today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need y'all to look at y'all's phones because I sent y'all both the text. Okay. I did see it. Yes, I didn't want to bring it up during the conversation, but I did see the Dom Capers meme that you put out there. Why don't you explain it for the people? Wes, well, so are you seeing this? Yes, I see it. <laughs> Is Dom Capers not only back, but back with fully ingrown hair plugs? <laughs> and if so, where did he get them? Because I need them. We talk about Jalen Rose's hairline being an all-time hairline. I mean, Dom Capers' hairline. That thing is a straight line that across is the forehead. Unbelievable. <laughs> that, please go look at this because you're absolutely right. And that picture, whoever, whoever he looks like a superhero villain. <laughs> whoever screenshotted this photo took it at the exact right time as well because Dom Capers is giving me a hell of a look with that hairpiece right now. <laughs> I love it, man. As long as you can be a good sidekick to a Jero Avero and being a former mentor of sorts, I'm cool with. It, wear whatever you want at the top of the dome. Yeah, that's fantastic, folks. If you want you a good chuckle today, if you're having a tough day, go pull up a photo of Dom Capers at that press conference. Yeah. When we return, your Black History Sports Hero of the Day, you are immersed in the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back. This is the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, and this is your Black History Sports Heroes. And today... We're going to do a year, 1975, because there were a pair of significant events in sports when you talk about black history. The first was Frank Robinson becoming the first black manager in MLB history. They hired him before the 1975 season, making him the first black manager in MLB history. And on April 8th, 1975, he hit his 575th career home run as a player coach He played in just 49 games with the Indians that year. That's what they were then. I'll call them the Commanders, though. I'll sub it out. Guardians. Yeah, Guardians. Guardians, sorry. He hit eight more home runs that season, and Cleveland went 79-80. and They improved by three and a half games from the year before. In 1976, his last season as an active player, he led Cleveland to its first winning season in eight years. Now, after a slow start for the Guardians in 1977, he was dismissed. So then he would go on to manage the San Francisco Giants, where he became the first black manager in National League history in 1981. He also managed the Baltimore Orioles, the Montreal Expos slash Washington Nationals. He won 1,065 big league games as a manager. In 1982, he led the Giants to 87 wins, which was a surprise season for them. He was 
enshrined at the Baseball Hall of Fame, along with Hank Aaron, another trailblazer. You might have heard of him. He finished his playing career with 586 home runs, 1,812 ribbies, a.k.a. RBIs, a 294 batting average, two MVPs, 1966 AL Triple Crown, and two World Series titles with the Orioles. But also in that same year, in basketball, Bill Russell became the first black player inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, but he refused the honor at the time, believing others should have been inducted before him, probably the gentleman that we talked about before in this series, the other black players that were the first black all-star, as well as the guys who were the first to come into the NBA, like Don Barksdale and others. You took some giants today, Frank Robinson and Bill Russell. Those guys were fantastic. And the thing I think about most when I think of Frank Robinson, not only the crazy baseball reference page, when you can pull that up on the website, but do you remember Frank Robinson's stare down? The famous stare down as he was managing the Washington Nationals with umpire Jim Wolfe. If you have not seen it, please go to YouTube. All you have to do is type in Frank Robinson stare down and it brings it up. And he and umpire Joe Wolf in 2005 engaged in a stare down that lasted over 30 seconds. And these guys are mead mugging each other hard. And Jim Wolf finally takes a couple steps, walks away, and Frank wins the stare down between the home plate <laughs> umpire. And it is one of the greater things that you will have ever searched on YouTube. And Wes, that even is for you, who watches three to four hours of YouTube a day. 704-570-9610. Watches or listen. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text us. Get some of those photo finished text messages in there via the Garage Door Guru text line. All right, the time is not too far away. We're going to go to the basketball court here in just a moment. That's going to be what's on tap. It's going to be me either making a fool of myself or me being successful in my attempts to dunk. Dunk, what I'm secretly hoping is that sometimes when you go to outdoor courts, the goal is tilted a little bit or it might be like 9 foot 10 inches, maybe like 9 foot 9 and a half something, but basically to the naked eye it looks 10 feet. I'm really hoping that I get a little leeway on some of those goals out there and they're just tipping forward a little bit to help me dunk. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I've been out there and they are uh, the hard rims. They don't give at all. So. Oh, this is going to be awful. Yeah, this oh, is uh, no hardcore way. street basketball. No. My, my head is going to be torn up immediately. My, my soft, <laughs> delicate, soft hands. I can't emphasize that or enough. Or maybe your woman might appreciate that. Well, to be callous. To get callous now. Yeah. I, you know women, how, women love rough hands, baby. Uh, well, you can tell me. I guess a little bit about that i wouldn't know what i will say is that when you talk about those types of rims those are the worst to dunk on even when we're talking about like bad to shoot on too i mean you gotta be precise with your shot i don't i don't care about double rims making you a better shooter i don't even know if i subscribe to that theory i hate double rims double rims are the worst i love street basketball to me that's the essence that's great but there are so many different courts without a double rim but you can also have the chain instead of the net are you a chain oh yeah i like that too uh i I like nets, but I'll take either. Chain is really gritty, though. The, I like that, too. The, the sound that the chain makes when yeah, you swish it. Yeah. One of my buddies, he said, screw the net. We're going to go with the chain in the driveway. Yeah. And so that's where we would always play ball. <laughs> have you ever played on one that has no net at all or no chain? And oh, sometimes you have a hard time telling whether it went in or not. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. We've had. Uh, that's actually what I had at my house when I was growing up. At, for like a stretch.
much of time until you went and got a net, and they weren't all that expensive, depending yeah. on where you got it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did the whole no chain, no net thing, and it was awful. I hated every second of yeah. it. And especially the double rim, though. And it was like a privilege when you were a kid if you went to a rec center and then you got to play on real basketball goals on a real court that had breakaway rims. It was like you felt like you were in the NBA. Do you remember when you did not play with the leather basketball as much and then you finally got that revolution, that oh, Wilson yeah, revolution? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a better feeling? Talk about feeling on your hands. Yeah. Is there anything <laughs> better than a revolution Wilson leather basketball yeah, in a court? I don't think there is one. As soon as I got that. Now, you said this basketball has good grip, though, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're supplying it today. Yeah. I need good grip. It's a Hornets basketball, too, so they get to plug the Buzz City Mint basketball. Oh, perfect. I brought one, too, but it's a little faded. Yeah. I found it. Is this going to go on lockdown Hornets, too? Because you got to put that on there. Well, I mean, I don't know if we're going to put it on there. I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure Doug will clown me because that's what happens. Oh, Doug is going to want that video. (laughs) I have no question about it. So, Doug, I'll hit you up. I'll send it. Ah, damn. When worlds collide. (laughs) Not in a great way, because I think that is going to happen. And so can we get the confirmation on the rules? Are we going to go like three attempts? Are we doing a one-minute showdown? How are we doing this? And are you guys? I think for purposes and and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think for all intents and purposes, for video and to keep it tight as far as the schedule, yeah, I think we could do a minute and a half for you to get a dunk. A minute and a half, that's a long time. The thing is, though, after 30 seconds, if I'm not getting the dunk, I'm probably just not going to be able to land that thing. I do have to get a little warmed up, though, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll get you warm. And I, I would expect Fiddy to be happier about all of this, but I really think that we put him in a bad mood when we said we didn't have enough time to go get something to eat with him. Yeah, after. but he's the guy that pushed me back for like a week and change when I asked to go to lunch. Yeah, so, was it? I was it only that much? No bleeps given. I thought I thought it was more than that. Fiddy, I thought you would be way more excited about this, but you're mad at us for not eating with you. I, I'm at an all-time level of hungry over here, and I thought we'd go like get a nice sandwich or a burger, mm-hmm. and y'all were just like, "Yeah, nah, screw you, bro." Oh, we were not like that. We right. just we got Queens basketball. That's something else that could be what's on tap tonight. They're playing Liberty, which has been a fantastic basketball program this year in the A Sun. And just a real quick. Play Plug. Kenny Dye, all-time leading scorer for Queens. Darius McGee this week also became the all-time leading scorer for Liberty. So a fantastic guard showdown. You guys going to be tuning into your boy tonight? Watching Queens basketball? What time? 7 o'clock. Well, I got two ACC games tonight, so... And snowfall comes on. So that's night. a hard no from West Bryant. <laughs> Are you going to be tuning in? Are you uh, going to be watching your radio host? Heels don't play until nine, but dude, this is a loaded. I mean, I've got UConn and Providence yeah. at six thirty. You said, I'm sorry. Did you just tell me that you have UConn and Providence at six thirty? You needed to watch. That's a top twenty matchup in the Big East. But if I didn't have two games, man, I'd definitely check you. I'm going to before the season is out. Oh, well, I will. Well, tonight's your only night because this is the last one. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put is it their, in a uh, regular season finale. Uh, for the home, for I don't I don't call away games. So they'll have they'll have two games back to back against Liberty. It'll be tonight, and then it'll also be on Friday, and then but tonight I think is going to be my last game. Okay. So this one's going to be tough. I'm going to tune in though to see if I. But you got to have ESPN Plus, right? You do. Oh. You know you got to. <laughs> no, every excuse in the book. Not to watch me. I feel like I'm trying to get, hey, everybody, hey, family. But if I had ESPN me. Plus, I'd say, well, you got to have ESPN Plus Plus, right? And you can just be like Josh Fitty Marlowe no, and you. ask for everybody's If you got to log in, in I'll log in and I check you out. I provided my logins, damn it. And, you know, 
And what did Wes say? He said, I ain't got bleep to share with y'all. <laughs> I don't. I don't have. I literally don't have anything to share with you guys. That's true. I no. pirate Netflix and some oh, other don't things. don't say that. He didn't say that. That'll do it. Melissa <laughs> Walker, keep it right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Kyle Bailey, Smoke Ludwig, coming up next.